Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 319. Today's episode is back in the jury service vein. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yes, here we are. So this one is uh, connected to theater and fiction. So, you know, it's not just uh, a law one, a court one, a jury service one, but uh, it's, in the, it's in the court range again. So, um, yeah, here we are in September talking about jury service that I did in July, and uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> here it is. It is called We Need Fiction in Schools. why I think of this one classroom at a high school in Brooklyn, but every time I think of this bizarre turn that education took in which it decided that fiction no longer had a place in American schools, this moment when it leaned hard into nonfiction, I think of that classroom. It must have been where I heard that news, where I heard that this was a policy Obama supported and dropped my mouth open in shock. Obama? What is he thinking? This was a class for which I was doing workshops for the Broadway production of The House of Blue Leaves, a work of dramatic fiction that the students went to see. When the student next to me gasped with recognition at something the character did and later told me it was like her family member, well, I wished Obama could have been there to see the power of fiction. I was thinking about how important the study of fiction has been to me and to my peers, and what a shame it is that these muscles have been unexercised in many American schools. I was thinking about it because I was on a jury, and the process of deliberation felt familiar somehow. And it wasn't just because I've had to teach 12 angry men a few times. One of the things that surprised me about my fellow jurors was how much they were inclined to just make things up. Several of them came up with theories about the case, adding events and possibilities that had nothing to do with the question at hand. Over and over again, I found myself saying, let me read the actual question. If these folks had been my students... I'd have done exactly the same. I would have asked where they saw that idea or concept and what was the evidence. In literary circles, we call this practice close reading. When you write a paper, you need to point to the place in the text where you got this idea or information. You can't just make stuff up. I'm so practiced in this, I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes. I mean, I like to make stuff up more than most people. But there are the things we make up and the things we don't. And even fiction has rules this way. I feel like if we're going to ask people to sit on juries and deliberate and evaluate the evidence, we really need to give them practice. And we need to give them practice on fictional people. There are no consequences to a misinterpreted fictional character. You can't ruin a fictional person's life by charting out the series of events they go through in the course of a work. Your conclusions about a fictional person have no power to send them to jail or condemn them to death. 
Maybe you think Macbeth didn't kill the king. You'd be wrong, but hey, why not? Kick that idea down the road. Show me the evidence. That search through the play will be illustrative, and in exploring it, you, hopefully, will find all the evidence that he did, in fact, kill the king. I've been in a lot of classrooms where some well-meaning teacher puts a character on trial. They'll put Macbeth in the witness box and have some kids play lawyers and interrogate him. While this is fun, sure, it's almost always a mess, pedagogically speaking, because the kids will inevitably make stuff up that's not in the play, and suddenly the whole case will hinge on what Macbeth had for dinner. This is something that almost happened in the jury deliberations I was in, by the way, when a juror wanted to send a question down to the court to ask what the plaintiff had had for dinner one night. This was just as irrelevant to the case as what Macbeth might have eaten at any point in the play. As we deliberated, I found myself in a fairly active role, bringing us back to the question we had to answer over and over, and at first... I didn't understand why I fell into that position then. I have no interest in the law. I have no law training. I'm not even a big law and order watcher. Night court, though. Big fan. But what I do know how to do is analyze a character and the sequence of events of a narrative. I know where to look for evidence, and I know not to make stuff up. That's the main thing. Students need to study fiction as much, if not more, than nonfiction for a whole lot of reasons beyond the skill of analysis, close reading, and finding evidence, such things as empathy, aesthetics, and imagination. But the skills in analyzing literature, in particular, are what I found particularly useful in that jury room in addition to the practice of working quickly in a group that I learned and practiced in theater. I'm still shocked that Obama couldn't recognize this when his policy began. He studied law. I know he'd want people to learn skills to help them be better citizens, to be better jury members. Learning literature is actually vital for our democracy, I think. If we care about having careful jurors, We might want to teach some fiction again. Yeah, I could not believe when the juror wanted to know what the plaintiff had had for dinner and, like, was really, really concerned about it. Believe me, no one had mentioned what he'd had for dinner at any point during the trial. Nor was it relevant in any way. It was just some idea she had and wanted to figure out the answer to. Now, in this case, I mean, it's slightly more significant in that we were looking at a guy who had trouble with his colon. And what you eat does have an impact on uh, colon stuff. But I, I don't think there's a food you can eat that will puncture your colon. Like, unless you're, like, chowing down on porcupine spines or something. Anyway, it was ridiculous. But hilariously, I feel like it's one of those things that we joke about 
in in the dramatic arts where we talk about like actors who need to know what their character had for breakfast to do the part. Um, it's just like it's like a you know standard kind of people drilling down into the really unimportant stuff. Like it really doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, so here we are in another law-related post. And I have uh, several songs collected for for this range of uh, jury-related posts. And this one is a Johnny Cash song. And I feel like it's actually right for this one because there is a kind of literary quality to the song. Like, it's a question of... Um, what, what did, what happened? What did he do? (laughs) He did something. He's in trouble, but we don't know what. And how do we find out? And there's also a series of questions. So who is right? Who is wrong? Uh, I can't remember the other questions. Who's against the law? Who's for and who's against the law? Um, so there is a, I mean, that's in a way that's what that's what fiction training is. It's like working into those questions. Like who did this? How did they do it? What is it? What happened? What are the sequence of events? What, what led to what? (laughs) Who, who, uh, it's not so much a question of who is right and who is wrong. Um, but I think those are interesting questions, uh, in a story for sure. And also in a trial. So, I'm going to sing you that song in just a moment. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you like the podcast, please tell someone about it. Like, review, subscribe. Uh, There are many places to do that, and links to those are in the show notes. You can also support the podcast with your dollars if you'd like to. There's patreon.com slash Davis. That's me. There's also Ko-fi and uh, PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. And if you haven't, now's a great time to check out The Dragoning, which is my audio drama. We just dropped the final episode of season two. So if you're a binge listener, now's your moment. Now you got you got all 10 episodes ready and available for you to binge. And I would really be curious to know what that experience is like. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think, is there anything else I need to tell you? I don't think so. Um, this is on guitar. I haven't played my acoustic guitar in a long time. So it's nice to get it back in my hands. And, um, Johnny Cash, right? Johnny Cash. Anyway, here is This Side of the Law. side of the law, on that side of the law. Who is right, who is wrong, who is for and who's against the law. You see, I didn't really mean you no harm, but I simply could not make it on the farm. When the land won't give a lot, you gotta do with what you got. And all I've got's this muscle in my arm Well, I would never hurt my fellow man And mister, seems to me you'd understand I'm just trying to help myself with
without hurting anybody else And a man has got to do the best he can On this side of the law On that side of the law Who is weak? Who is wrong? Who is for and who's against the law? Well, I didn't really mean to let my family down And I'm not giving you the run around I had rather be dead than have to beg my daily bread and to pay my way no matter where I'm bound well I didn't really think that I did wrong just as long as I stayed here where I belong I did the only thing I could same as anybody would Yes, I was simply trying to get along On this side of the law On that side of the law Who is right? Who is wrong? Who is for and who's against the law? Who is right? Who is wrong? Who is for? And who's against the law?